0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jesse.
1: I'm Tomahome.
2: And I'm Jenny.
0: Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. And welcome I- to our new released Festival of Audiobooks.
3: Happy all holidays!
0: Right. Yes, happy holidays. Jenny, it's...
3: Jenny says this is going to be our Christmas show.
2: <laughs> holiday show. Holiday
0: Hol- show.
3: Holiday show. For every uh-huh.
2: gift buying opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're
3: ha- having a war on Christmas by saying holiday
2: itself. <laughs> <laughs> People buy gifts for all for, of the holidays.
1: That's right. For
3: Thanksgiving uh, gifts. As as a staunch atheist, uh, in some people's mind, I am the, going to be the staunch defender of uh, Christmas. <laughs> Makes <plenty> of sense. <laughs>
0: Oh, Ouch. perfect, yep. All right, well let's get started because we've got a lot of stuff. A lot oh, of cool yeah. stuff. Why don't we go kind of uh, take turns this right. time? Uh, so I'll do, I'll do the first one. For, I would love to talk about the year's top short SF novels from Oh Infinibox. So we're doing recent
3: arrivals first. That's what we're going
0: to talk about. All right? right then. Okay. The year's top short SF novels edited by Alan Castor. Um, just came out. It's got seven stories in it. <clears throat> the stories are Return to Titan by Stephen Baxter, Seven Cities of Gold by David Moles, A History of Terraforming by Robert Reed, Several Items of Interest by Rick Wilbur, The Sultan of the Clouds by Jeffrey A. Landis, Jackie's Boy by Stephen Popkis, and Troika by Alistair Reynolds. And that, There's a
3: few it, good, good ones in there, I think.
0: Yep, yeah, and they're all um, unabridged and about two hours long. <clears throat> so the it's a 14-hour audiobook, seven stories.
2: <clears throat> very nice cool.
0: Nice length, yep. So I just um, I just started that one. I'm listening to Return to Titan by Stephen Baxter and enjoying it very much.
3: Yeah, I'm MD2. looking forward to the Robert Reed one. I think that'll be good.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: And um, uh, Seven Cities of Gold is... Well, I was surprised to see that on the list because whenever I think of that expression i think of the game do you, do you guys ever play that game no uh, PC game no
0: Nope. Huh. oh do you awesome. want me to read the description and see if it yeah, matches yeah, somehow yeah. it's a japanese relief worker has been charged with tracking down the renegade christian leader responsible for detonating a nuclear device in an islam occupied north american city
3: wow that's nothing like the game
0: okay <laughs> yeah.
3: that's some heavy game yeah Oh. No, uh the The game is uh, was kind of like c- Civilization in a way. It was sort of a precursor from 1984, um, and basically what you would do is you were an explorer uh, like Columbus, and you head off to the New World and uh, establish a colony, fight Indians, hmm. and steal their gold. Hmm. Uh, but uh, it was it was a it was a really fun game because not, not only could you you know do North America and South America but you could also set the world to random, you know, uh-huh. so that you start off to the west and you just don't know where you're going to go. Maybe you'll go get all the way to Asia or maybe you'll hit on an island and think it's a continent. Um, so it, it's sort of a Columbus simulator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> huh, interesting.
3: Really, uh, really fun. But- well, vivid and memories from that.
2: Two of those stories were on the Hugo list this oh, past year.
0: Yeah. I think
2: Troika so I've read was two of one, them. Eh? Yeah, Troika and Sultan of Clouds. So
0: these I are think.
3: novellas rather than... I read those two. right?
2: No, I think there's... Well, yeah, are I they, guess Troika is considered a novella. It's probably either or. There's kind of a fine line between those two.
1: It's probably about 60 pages in real life for mm. two hours. Okay. Yeah, that's a good number. Or, or for Jenny, that would be like five minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, so yeah, how I'm should we? How should we proceed? Should we? Uh, somebody else want to take oh, a turn now? How
3: about, my, how about my? turn?
0: Okay, go right ahead.
3: Uh, number one on my in, uh, interest level is Immortality Inc.
0: Uh, immortality Robert's Inc. Entity.
3: Now that's available right now on um, Audible but it's from Blackstone, and there is a uh, promise of a, of a hard copy coming. It's read by Bronson Pinchot.
0: Ooh.
3: Be wonderful. L- listen to this. This is the best part. It's five hours and 48 minutes.
2: Yay.
0: Isn't that an awesome <laughs> length? Of an right? It is a good length. Yeah. And, and
2: Bronson Pinchot is amazing.
0: Yeah, really he really guy. is.
3: Uh, I mean, it really depends on the book, though, too, because he matches his voice to the characters, right? So, when right. it's it's got a crazy character. He's crazy.
4: <laughs>
3: it's got a calm character. He's calm. Um, the, uh, the the cool part about this is, of course, it's by Shackley, uh, and I I found the uh, the scans I, 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 uh, of the um, of the original publication in a magazine called uh, uh, What's it called? Free Time, No, uh, Time Killer is the name when it was serialized in I think Galaxy. And uh, the scans for the, the, uh, the illustrations are just gorgeous. It looks really interesting. Um, apparently, this was turned into a movie called Free Jack, which I have not seen. Uh, and apparently, it's not very good. But uh, it's just the basis of it. So, really sounding like a, a really cool idea. I'll, I'll read the description. Want to be immortal? You can be in the year AD 2110. Just go to the Hereafter Insurance Corporation, hook yourself up to the machine. There's nothing to fear. That is, if it happens to be working correctly. And if nobody slips in, into your mind and your body when you're not looking. And if you're not a polterge- on the poltergeist hate list. <laughs> <laughs> First published in 1959. Wow. So that, for me, is going to be maybe the highlight of the next couple of months.
0: Hmm. Cool.
3: Don't you have that as a read-along? I, I, I'm really it. hoping we do this as a read along. Um it's not scheduled yet, but it's it's on the hope list.
0: <laughs> Sounds so. good. Sounds good.
3: I'm hoping to convince some people to
1: to sign up. Mm. Yeah, I would do it. Cool. Mm. That's one. <laughs> 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 Me too. We'll just be the two of us. Okay, okay. <laughs>
3: One more vote, Jenny. One more <laughs>
2: vote. I might. <laughs> well you were saying you wanted
3: new stuff, right? No,
2: it sounded it sounded interesting. It
3: to sounds me. really good. Mm-hmm. And look, five hours, you could do that in your sleep. Should it's I... new? It's a new release. No, no it's okay. she, it she, from new, like she she wants new She wants new stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, she wants new new. New
2: new. <laughs>
3: so uh Tam, you go and what, what did you find uh interesting?
1: I, don't know, I keep thinking about the uh, Ian Douglas, Earthstrike, uh, Star Carrier, book one. And they have book two now on uh, Audible. It's kind of a um, space opera. Maybe it's military sci-fi. I think Scott has it, too, under, the, under his uh, releases or arrivals.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's an Audible title.
1: Um, right. Yeah. Audible
3: yeah. So what, what attracts you about this? Because I remember you sent me this by Skype or something.
1: And it just seems like, like uh, well, I'm a, I said I'm a sucker for space in a previous podcast, so it's, it's got like a, a good cover on it. Is that is that the main attraction? Yeah, it, almost looks like, it almost looks like the Enterprise being fired upon.
3: Oh, yeah, I guess that does, yeah.
1: And uh, it's called Earth Strike Star Carrier, book one. Right. And they have book two on mobile this week as well. But I like I mean, you don't like series, so I guess it's a series. But I've been willing to give it a try. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like a Scott book, but now, Scott, you, you say you don't like military sci-fi? Well, I'm not a military
0: like... sci-fi fan. I've read some, I'm trying to think of a military SF book that I liked, um, you know, Starship Troopers. I
2: don't and know if Anders' had...
0: Game would be considered military SF, but you know, we, but generally you... just military, you know, battles and things in space, um, I I don't read much of that at all.
3: Weren't you with like us for Forever Peace?
0: Yeah, I was.
3: Yeah. That's yep. military SF of sure. yep. sort,
1: but mm-hmm. it's just really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I guess
1: it has a lot of uh, humanity as well, I think if it has ideas on top of the
3: uh, on top of yeah, the I guess
0: it, what matters is, is you know what's the focus of the book. You know, you can have a really good story told in a military SF setting, or you can have it be about this tank has uh, you know this many guns on it and look at the big explosion. Um, Old Man's War is another one I liked. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's
1: one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I mean, I mean, uh, somebody made a review that uh, this book has too much science. So that actually
0: kills me. <laughs> No, now
1: I'm in. No, I'm oh, in. Oh damn! <laughs> uh, so, 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 too some much people's science. People's I remember I was control. talking to
0: somebody a long, long time ago about Deep Space Nine, which is my favorite of the Star Trek series, and um, he said, "Yeah, there's way too much talking in that one." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it
1: mm, more lasers
0: yeah we need more battles well, uh, what, what
3: is he comparing it to what, which I, don't he, I don't know I don't know what he was talking. comparing
0: it to you know it's a good question I think
3: that one actually has less talking than the other ones so yeah. think about it <laughs> depends on the week I'm yeah. looking at one of the reviews on Amazon and uh, it's got a quotation from the book as the title of the review it says not all Muslims are fanatics lieutenant and then This book turns me off for the following reasons. One, it's the insipid political correctness reflected in the above quote. Two, the incredibly tough female fighter pilot who we've only seen in, gosh, about 300 previous books and movies. Three, the stock dialogue that we've also seen about 300 times before. Four, the psychiatric leave taken by the main character in the midst of the battle zone. (laughs) That is pretty funny. Um, And (laughs) the lack of any character
1: who was there. Uh-oh, oh, there was any reason to carry a boat. Uh So, well, I'm also a sucker for women who kick ass, so that's not uh-huh. their... <laughs>
4: uh-huh.
1: Two well, for then, two. Then this might be just the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm willing to try it. Cool, cool. Jenny? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, the first one I'm going to talk about has been out for about three weeks. It's 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami. Ooh. And I'm not listening to the audio. I'm reading the print. But um, the audio is forty-six hours yeah, wow. long, so it's a commitment. Um, the book, when it was first published in Japan, was actually published as three volumes, three separate books. Um, so the translation process has taken a while, and I'm about two hundred pages in, and it's really like I can't, I can't stop reading it. So, really? yeah, I'd really recommend it. Whoa. There's kind of two stories going on. There's um, a woman named Ayomame, Her name means green peas, <laughs> 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 and she has a really surprising mommy. Yeah, yeah. It's Ayomame. Yeah, it's like literally green peas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she made this one decision on on a taxi ride one day, and then all of a sudden, the world isn't the same. Yeah. And so she's trying to figure out what universe, what parallel universe she's in, and how she got there. And it's kind of it's just kind of interesting and then there's another storyline about um a short story that's getting rewritten but there's all this really complicated story behind it um that I don't know much about yet so mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's it's really good though i'm really enjoying it it's got a so good, a, good is it fantasy too. yeah i mean it's kind of like dystopia. well actually the publisher says that it's a love story a mystery a fantasy a novel of self discovery and a dystopia to rival george orwell so <laughs> The reason it's called 1Q84 is that it's set in the year 1984, but um, the character Aomame has renamed it as 1Q84 because she can tell it's not quite right.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Q sort of looks like a 9, I guess. Yeah. I think Q sounds like 9 in Japanese or something. Or something. Oh,
2: maybe. It might <laughs> make more was. sense. I actually heard yeah.
1: that.
2: Yeah, and I've heard that the um, audiobook's really good because they have different readers reading the different sections – so it's more of a cast.
1: Hmm. Do you like caressing the paper? I hear it's very soft.
2: <laughs> Different. <laughs> have you read his other book,
1: books? Is that one of
0: his other ones? I
2: have. Yeah, I would, haven't read everything. <coughs> would but.
0: you recommend uh, one to start with? Because it is intriguing.
3: Yeah, forty-six mm-hmm. hours is a big commitment, though.
0: Yeah, are they all? Are all his books huge?
2: No, some of them are a lot shorter. Like Sputnik Sweetheart's pretty short, mm-hmm. um, and that's a pretty good introduction. A lot of people start with a Wind Up Bird Chronicle, but it's a bit longer too. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm finding this going count. going pretty fast. So. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: All right. A Wild Sheep Chase.
3: That's one of his. Um, yeah, that's a that, shorter one. Yeah. Oh, and what what I talk about <laughs> when I talk about running,
2: <laughs> a memoir. Yeah, that <laughs> one's literally all about his running. <laughs> I've read that one, too. Um, You can't read too much Murakami in a row um, because his characters tend to be um, stuck in their lives and they don't know how to get out of them. And that gets frustrating for me. But um, there's certain things that you're supposed to look for in every Murakami book. You're supposed to look for cats and look for spaghetti. And so far, (laughs) it's like this little little trend. So far, I've found Linguini, but that's it so far. So. (laughs) Uh, what
3: about After Dark? Have you read that one? That's only five hours and four minutes.
2: I haven't. Okay. I plan to read all of them eventually. It's a
3: pretty but... high rating. 3.8 3. Uh, out of 5 and 74 ratings, so that might be a way for me to get into it because I, I can't commit to
1: 46 hours just yeah. out of the box. You could just read part one and then stop. <laughs> it was originally a trilogy. I, yeah. I don't tend to do that. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up for me whoops, uh, I'm sorry. <coughs> Good. Um, next up for me, I've got a set of five Philip K. Dick novels from Brilliance <laughs> Audio. Yay! I thought that would uh, thrill Jesse over there. Um, the novels are *Lies Incorporated*, *The Simulacra, Um *Now Wait for Last Year*, *The Transmigration of Timothy Archer*, and *The D- Divine Invasion*. Um, now, Jesse surely knows more about these books than I do, but I think two of them are part of a trilogy, right? Uh, could be. Called the Valis Trilogy?
3: Yeah. Uh, and Valis the
0: is thing. the first one, but Valis is not I included haven't, I haven't in the I haven't read Spirit. any of these. Okay.
3: Um, I haven't read a single one. But um, the one that I think is the most interesting there is, uh, for me, would be the Simulacra, mm-hmm. which um, is from 1964. Oops. And uh, I've got the description from uh, Wikipedia here, it says. um, The novel portrays a future totalitarian society apparently dominated by a matriarch, Nicole Thibodeau. Uh, It revolves around the themes of reality and illusionary beliefs, as do many of Dick's works, and it also touches on Nazi ideology. Um, Hmm. I think just uh, this is before he... he, um, uh, had his experience, I think, was in 1974 uh, when he saw a pink beam of something coming out of somebody's forehead or something. <laughs> the, the the stuff that's detailed in the exegesis, his uh, recent recently produced audiobook, they didn't send us that.
0: Uh, no, <clears throat> I haven't seen that.
3: <laughs> uh, well, um, that I'm surprised because that that is the big, 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 big. Philip K. Dick news. It's never been released before. Oh, it's always been sort of um, just talked about. I Are see. you going to listen to that? Uh probably not. Not not anytime soon. I I'd like to look at the reviews and because um, everybody who's read it so far has sort of been a Dick scholar, and I'm not so much interested in him as a person as I am as him is as a idea man, and I. <laughs> Everything I've read about his his post uh, post uh, Valus experience or whatever whatever it is he's describing has sort of made me uh, shake my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't know what he's talking about um, because it was a personal sort of revelatory uh, religious experience for him. Um, and I'm not sure I'm not sure that uh, he would even have wanted that thing to have been published just because I, I think it was just what he wrote and yeah, it's so not so what, really
0: what is it exactly it's a, like diary <clears throat> entries or some autobiographical uh, stuff or what is it uh well not sure
3: uh well i believe it's sort of everything mm-hmm. um it's a exegesis. <laughs> in, in, indeed that's what <laughs> it's <laughs> would that like that if you translate that into english it's like uh everything that wasn't in in the genesis of something. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, it's word barf, maybe a <laughs> polite way of putting it.
0: But well, do you, do you generally not enjoy uh, reading about authors?
3: Uh, I, I, I like to read about authors. Sure.
0: But mm-hmm.
3: this one is a, here's what it says on Wikipedia. It's a journal kept by, uh, Philip K. Dick documenting and exploring his religious and visionary experiences. So it's not just like a, a, a regular, you know, went to the market, uh, had lunch with, uh, I'm John Harrison, you know, it's not like that it's, it's like uh, um, when I had this experience I felt a total sense of and you sort of get that in, I posted a, a, an interview with him recently from mm-hmm. 1979 and that was fascinating absolutely fascinating um, but I can't imagine that listening to the audiobook would be exactly the same way maybe it is and I'd love for somebody to tell me no Jesse, it's just like that then I'll say, oh, okay, I give it a shot. Hmm. But yeah, I, I'm more I'm more interested in his books, and even so, I'm more interested in his short stories than I am in his his novels.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of got I kind of got interested. Um, I don't know. We've talked about H. P. Lovecraft in the past, but there's mm-hmm. these panels that I go to at this local science fiction convention. They always have an H. P. Lovecraft, but they're always talking about his letters and all that. Well, last time I was at the university library, I looked it up and. They had some books of his letters and they were interesting to look at. And um Yeah. Yeah, He's it a, kinda I adds a dimension, especially when they're writing letters. Um, you know, on good on that Good Story podcast we did East of Eden, and there's a book called uh Journal of a Novel by John Steinbeck, which I guess was written on the opposite pages of the book. He would warm <laughs> up by writing a a letter. And nice. you can look at this journal of a novel and you can um you know, you can tell right where he is in the book, and because he talks about his problems with the writing of the novel, you know how he didn't like how this character did that, or he's aiming today to get this character to this point. It's really interesting it, it, reading.
3: Yeah, you can sort of map what what their life to the story. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's absolutely true with Philip K. Dick. I think that you know <laughs> what we see in his short stories is what was going on in his life, and I think that that's also true of his novels. So I, of, of the recently released audiobooks that have never been released before. Um, I think that the earlier ones are going to be the ones I'm going to be more interested in just because, um, I find, (laughs) I find him talking about life in the suburbs uh, to be, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe more relatable.
0: Where do (laughs) do these five novels kind of fit in his career?
3: Uh, it's, it's a mix. Okay. They're all Mm -hmm. generally later in his career, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I, I don't have the years plotted out, but uh I think transmigration of Timothy archer might be the other one that that is uh fairly interesting to me mm-hmm. um, that actually uh i think maybe it was the Simulac well one of them uh lies inc that that's actually an interesting one because that was actually a rewrite um i think it came out in uh nineteen eighty four nineteen eighty three and um, that was a rewrite of an earlier novel called The Unteleported Man, which I, I think is a great classic political title. Mm-hmm. You've got some, some, uh, you know, the unincorporated <clears throat> man sort of t- idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's teleported except for this one guy. Everybody's incorporated except for this one guy is what I would assume it's about. And that, that one might be uh, doable. But uh, uh, why he had to rewrite it, I don't know,
1: so... Maybe, maybe it'll be good.
0: Interesting. I, I think
1: yeah. Greg Marguerite read the exegesis, but he said it was a lot of work to slog through. Indeed, that's what he said.
3: Yeah, he
1: actually okay. said that on a podcast. Yes. A previous podcast. Yeah.
3: Um, it, it is. It's kind of. I mean, it might have been released at some point, uh, but I don't think it. I think it's just sort of really hardcore people. Yeah. And uh, it's, it is strange. Uh, what I like about Philip K. Dick is that he isn't a religious figure, but I have to put that in parentheses, like, yet. <laughs>
4: hmm.
3: um, because I think that the way people are interested in him, not just his writing, but also in him, is almost like the way people are interested in Elvis, you know? Uh, you can see in 500 years, yeah, Elvis will be a religious figure like Jesus or something. I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. Uh, what, what will that mean for communion? Get <laughs> <laughs> to eat yourself the big, or something.
0: The big eyeball in the sky.
3: Oh, well. No, mm. I was thinking for, uh, no, Elvis. It, you
0: know, mm-hmm. It's like, uh,
3: I don't know, peanut butter sandwich or whatever it is, Uh We'll be communion. And if it was Philip K. Dick, you'd probably just have to take lots of Benzedrine <laughs> or something like that.
0: Gotcha. So, Alright, so what do you got next there?
3: Oh, uh let's see. Uh well, I was looking at uh the Brilliance has really put out a bunch of collections. Have you noticed that? The wild yeah, cards?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh Songs of Love and Death and uh, Down Down These Strange Streets, all I guess those are all George R. 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 Martin collections. Mm-hmm. Right. Um yeah,
0: Have, so have, have any of three, you guys read uh, any of the wild cards stuff? Are they no,
1: I, I haven't even heard of it until until yeah. they're like superheroes. I, I've read yeah. one or two short stories here and there. It's like yeah. superheroes with a more Game of Thrones type reading right. this to them.
0: Oh, and yeah, and I would love <laughs> to. I would authors. love to uh, let you guys know. You know, we've complained on here before about collections coming out and there's no contents on it. Well, these three uh, that I have here in my hands, Wild Cards Volume One. Uh, Songs of Love and Death, all, all Original Tales of Star-Crossed Love, also edited by George R. R. Martin and Gardner Dozois, and Down These Strange Streets, All New Stories of Urban Fantasy. They've all got the table of contents right on the back.
3: That is awesome.
0: It's really Yay. great. Yeah, thumbs I, up. I, I,
3: maybe they're listening to the podcast, because that is <laughs> something that's been consistently missing from audiobooks. Since time immemorial. You yeah, know, it's I'm, just
0: so odd to have a collection and no indication of what's in there. Um, you know, there's still a lot of things that are on Audible, not all published by Audible, but that just don't have a table of contents with them. It's, you know, like, you know why? Uh, they, like they here's a collection of Brian W. Aldis stories and there's no list. <laughs>
3: it, was la- it was laziness because mm-hmm. the, the way a regular book works, you know, you've got a regular paperback or paper hardcover, right? Mm-hmm. You, you open it up and to see what's inside, Well, you can't do that with an audiobook. You have to be able to, you know, flip, flip it over or look at the, look at the side.
4: But mm-hmm.
3: if, if the publishers are just taking the material that's, you know, they're, they're not even changing any of the copy uh, that's on the, on the front and the back, then what they're doing is they're just sort of, you know, translating it. And they're, and when they're translating it badly, they're doing a bad job because it, we can't open it up and look and see what's inside. And even when you could, when you've got like a you know Blackstone-style case, um, you go to the library, you open it up, it just says disc one. It doesn't <laughs> say what's on that disc.
0: Yeah.
3: So um, have you opened them up? Have you seen if yeah. they've got it on the actual discs as well? Uh, well I've got that, this one open up. No, there's... I think we'd have to say,
0: yeah. praise the gods. They do not have that. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) uh, one more step to go. (laughs) (laughs) One more step to go. Yeah, but I'm I'm very happy about the table of contents. Yeah, and this Wild Cards Volume One has some really great authors in there: Uh, Howard Waldrop, Roger Zelazny, Walter John Williams, Melinda Snodgrass, Elizabeth Crofton, Michael Cassett, David D. Levine, George R. R. Martin, Louis Shiner, Victor Milan, Tom Wolfe. Uh, Edward Bryant and Leanne C. Harper, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, Stephen Lay, Carrie Vaughn, and John J. Miller. Now, Tom Wolfe, Studs Terkel is in here, too. There's a prologue by Studs Terkel, and then there's these things called interludes. Um, Interlude uh, 3 is by Tom Wolfe. Interlude 4 is by Dr. Hunter S. Thompson.
3: I I would be very interested in,
1: in reading that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it came be out
1: be in cool. 1987,
0: so... Yeah, yeah. All the it says, uh, in the aftermath of World War II, an alien virus struck the Earth, endowing a handful of survivors with extraordinary powers. Originally published in 1987, the newly expanded saga contains additional original stories by eminent writers.
3: I remember uh, listening to George R. R. Martin, I think it was, talking about creation of that world. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how... Um, when he was he was conceiving the the concept with the publishers I think it was they they said uh, okay so here's your idea uh, you're gonna have superheroes begin on a certain day right
4: mm-hmm. and
3: then after that uh, we'll see the effects you know 20 years later there's there's a whole bunch of people who've grown up to be superheroes right because 1947 kids uh, a kids on that day and after can be superheroes. Nobody from 1935 born could be a superhero. Is the idea, um, and so the, they figured out 1947, I think it was. But they also they said, well, well, what time of year, right, to figure out the month. Then they they picked a day, right, <laughs> and then the first story started off this Saturday or something like on the first day. And they mm-hmm. picked the day of the week, right? Yep. But it turns out that it was not that day of the week. <laughs> so, like, if it was a I don't know an April fifteenth, and they said that was the Saturday, actually it was a Friday. <laughs> so, so if you look at the whole story, it's an alternate universe.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> nice
3: hint right
1: there from the first day. If you just
3: got out your calendar, you would know. <laughs>
2: You know, this one might be good for people who have read all of the Song of Ice and Fire and wonder, what the heck is George R. R. Martin doing?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah.
2: he's editing some anthologies, looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, he well, a whole is. A lot of them. <laughs> he's
3: still, is he, yeah, he's still working on this uh, Wild Cards, isn't he?
0: He is, yeah. So. Yeah, and they're coming out with that other, other volumes. And he did that Giant Warriors collection, too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, actually, that's... That's
1: got a Lawrence Block story in it, uh,
0: Warriors. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I knew that at the time. Cool.
1: Yeah, it's like a cross-genre anthology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Warriors of all so, Right. I think the Lawrence Block story is a is a uh,
3: New York detective story that character he has.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. <clears throat> all right, so, Tim. What's Tam, up?
1: Um, well, first first let me say. They should do an audiobook of Best of the Best by do- Dozois.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be cool?
1: Yeah, like every year he does the best of uh, <clears throat> science fiction, and then he has one called Best of the Best, which is like the best of 20 years. So you're saying I think t- Brilliant should do this?
0: <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't really care.
0: <laughs> Someone
1: should do it. Somebody mm-hmm. should do it.
0: Yeah, that would and, be neat. Um,
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, well, we were looking at
3: that list of stories in there. Right. Um, if if they didn't do the full collection, uh, who would you see as essential as being on there?
1: Well, I, I haven't finished it, but I, I just finished um, Nancy Kress's Trinity. That's a really, really good story. Okay. Oh, that has like a weird sexual element towards the end. Just uh, as a warning, <laughs> but that's a really good story. Uh, is there, and uh, uh, of course, uh, Blood by Greg Bear is a really good story too. Blood music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah.
0: yeah. That is a good one.
1: But, uh, I'm still in the middle of uh, finishing it. It's pretty long. I mean, if you look at the book in the bookstore, the print is like tiny. Nobody over forty can read this book. Oh, <laughs> gotta be an audiobook. <laughs>
0: yeah, or a or, Kindle. Or an e-book. Yeah, right. <laughs> well,
1: that's what I did. I bought it on uh, Kindle app for iPad, so I can make the font like super huge.
0: Oh, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, my eyeballs will fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Strain—you'll so squeeze them so tight, straining them. Right.
4: Yeah. Well, um,
1: cool. The the next book I was going to mention is uh, I think Scott has this, Peter F Hamilton's Manhattan in Reverse. It's an anthology. I'm Manhattan sure. in Reverse. Oh,
0: I don't, I don't, I don't have it. It's um, yeah, I, I put it. that on the list because Audible published it, but it's only available well, not outside of the United States. Which was very. Oh, you
1: had trouble. You had trouble. Uh,
0: yeah, I gifting. tried to. I tried to get it for you, but it's not available in the United States. Right. So.
2: Is that a yet thing, or I don't know?
0: Just in general, yeah, um, that's a very good a question. Yet. I don't know. I,
3: I would bet it's a yet thing.
0: I hope so. Yeah, I've been frustrated uh, a lot lately with the whole uh, rights in the different countries thing because I was Most so definitely. excited about the SF Gateway. Have you guys heard of that? They were going to publish all these old books as ebooks. And I was thinking, hmm. oh, this is terrific. So they went ahead and they opened. And uh, I went in there to buy my first one. And it said, no, you're in the United States. You can't have it.
2: Is it because our you public domain have laws it. You are can't different?
0: Get it. It, it, no, it wasn't. They're not public domain. No, they're, right. um, they're, yeah, under contract. Copyright. But yeah, it's a copyright issue. But they're in, um, I think the company's in England. Isn't it Golantz? How do you pronounce that? Golantz? Yeah, go- Golance uh, publishers. Yep. Right. Um, they, they came out with two sites at the same time. They came out with the SF gateway and the SF encyclopedia. They get SF dash encyclopedia.com. Oh, yeah. So it's the it's same company. Resource. Yeah. It's really hmm. fantastic. And, um, so they were offering all these eBooks, you know, you could go there and purchase all kinds of, uh, older titles, older, but still in copyright titles, but they're just, um, not available here. You know, you should
2: contact them because, like, when the Booker shortlist came out, Mm -hmm. I I personally wrote to two publishers and was like, hey, you guys aren't releasing these books in the States until after the awards are announced, and I'd really like to be able to read them beforehand. Uh One of the publishers moved the date up to before the awards. I'm not going to say that's because Uh of me. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I I think that if they don't know that people want to read them… Uh You know, they might not make the effort, but maybe they would if we make the effort. I will do that.
0: I will do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Hopefully they're getting lots of them, but I will do that.
2: Because sometimes they have to make an arrangement with a different distributor or something. mm -hmm. I I I
3: like that post you did about... was it a Canadian booker or something? What was that?
2: It was the Giller.
3: Yeah, the yeah, Giller cause... Prize. That's mm-hmm. right. You say, I could hey, only... Canadian publishers, we <laughs> <laughs> in the States want to read your books, too. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Don't a, leave us out. a very sassy uh, post to a bunch of publishers about their prize. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's a mover and a shaker. <laughs>
2: I just want to read. <laughs>
3: <laughs> She's, cool. uh, she, she, she'll take the whole fire hose and, that's, and still say, I need more. More <laughs> <War> books! Um, <laughs> uh, when you said Manhattan in Reverse, I, I was thinking, what the heck? What is that? What is that about? And, and that reminded me of um, Ed McBain, his book series, you know, about the 87th Precinct series. No idea. No? Nope. Oh, I thought I had talked about this a while ago. Oh. Uh, is that noir? Um, uh, no, it's police procedural. Okay. Uh, basically, invented police procedural stories. Uh, he's been writing them forever, or had been writing. His uh, first book is in the series is from 1956, and I think there's like 40 or 50 books in the se- novels in the series. Um, but what's interesting about them is they're they're set in New York, except it's not called New York, um, and it's got uh, all the different um, neighborhoods like New York has, but they're not called those neighborhoods. And what McVeigh did because he was writing about cops based on you know actual sort of things that would be happening. (laughs) Um, He wanted to sort of give it a distance so he wouldn't be uh, accused of I don't know ripping it from the headlines or something like that. So what he did was he took uh, a map of New York and all of its boroughs and flipped it upside down, um, and then relabeled everything. So that, uh, it is New York and all the stories are, are New York, but it's like an alternate universe because everything has a different name. Hmm. And, and so it's like, uh, you know, Gotham is supposed to be New York city as well. If that's true, where's Batman live? (laughs) Is he on Long Island? I'm not sure. But, uh, it's kind of interesting when you're reading the book series to say, okay, I think this is probably Queens. I think this is probably Brooklyn, um, but there's no map in the book, right? It doesn't you know, you don't open it up and see that. You just hear about these names, and you say, oh, "Oh, I'm not sure exactly." I've never been to New York, but I I would guess that if you had been, um, you would probably be able to quickly identify every because there's all the bridges are in there, right? It's it's a completely when you've got a series that long,
1: you you've actually got a, a whole universe. I think it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. That sounds like what Robert E. Howard did with all the historical countries. He just gave them. Yeah, the but he sort of thing. sort of
3: spread. he's, he's a little more uh, scattershot with regard to the mapping, right? Right. Um, but yeah,
1: it is. It's kind of similar. Well, like he, he he could say like this country is really this country, and so on. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's the the name
3: of the place is Isola. It's, it, so it's the island of Manhattan. It says, Isola is the fictional city, the setting for the 87th precinct. Um, city is New York. Similarly, it has five sections corresponding to uh, Manhattan, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. And so, Staten Island is Beth Town. Brooklyn is Calms Point. Uh, Queens is Majesta. And the Bronx is Riverhead. And then there's two major rivers um, that <laughs> flow in a westerly direction. Instead of, uh, even though it's on the East Coast, it's kind of strange. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just Manhattan flipped upside down. Yeah.
0: By the way, Manhattan in Reverse by Peter F. Hamilton um, on his site, it has a short description. It just says, This is a collection of short stories, including a news story featuring everybody's favorite serious crimes directorate, Detective Paula Mayo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She kicks ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's from the she's from the Pandora Star uh, Judas oh, and yeah, yeah. Du- uh-huh. duology. Right, right. Oh. She was genetically engineered to be a perfect cop. Hmm. So I, I would I'd like to read that story.
0: Cool. What are we
1: right. gonna say Jenny?
2: Is she? I mean, she's genetically engineered to be a perfect cop. Is she?
1: <laughs> she is, but then uh, she she has other problems because of it, and then I think. Uh, in the Void trilogy which came after that, which is like a sequel, they like she kind of like made herself looser genetically somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but she wouldn't have as many personal problems. She's better right. at paperwork though. <laughs> <laughs> like I think she had to like bend the rules in the first series to get something done, and it really like almost killed her.
4: Wow. So
1: then she had to get herself altered after that.
2: <laughs>
1: but she's a good character.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Right, Jenny, what do you got next?
2: Well, I have two for the post-apocalyptic fans. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because
2: that's, of course, it's one of my favorite set of genres. And um, I just downloaded yesterday Swan Song by Robert McCammon.
0: All right, yeah.
2: It actually came out in print in 1987, but it just came out this week in Audible. So I think this is the first audiobook version. Um, And it's basically about... Um, the world kind of present time and they just couldn't avoid having nuclear destruction the entire thing like everyone could feel it coming and I'm still in the first hour or two and it's 33 hours long so (laughs) it's gonna be a long haul but um, it's really um, engaging really fast moving it starts out with kind of a military sense and I was worried that that would be the whole kind of tone of the book doesn't seem to be, though, Mm -hmm. um, because that doesn't tend to hold my interest as much, um, just personally. Um, But when I stopped listening, there were missiles coming out of cornfields, so (laughs) (laughs) it seems like it's going to be pretty exciting and depressing, and I don't know why I like that so much, but I do. (laughs) And um, the other one that Uh, I I
3: just wanted to tell you that that book has a hugely positive uh, reviews on Amazon, 573 customer reviews, and it's four point five stars.
2: Yeah, and in Audible, everyone's rated at five stars. I
3: think that's this might so. be a good book, except for the massive length.
2: Yeah, cool. yeah, it's four different. Uh, you know how you're going to do a
3: review, please? Right? Of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I went. I'm really looking forward to that. One
2: of <laughs> one of that guy's
0: books. I've never read anything by McCammon, but um, Boy's Life is one that's been recommended to me several times. Has anybody read that one? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Was oh, that a movie? No, it's a book by Robert McCammon, okay. same guy who wrote uh, the one Jenny just talked about.
3: Yeah, it's it's got positive reviews as well.
2: Cool. Yeah, and there's an element to it already that reminds me of The Stand, because you know how The Stand has some fantastical elements to it. Um, there's this character, this young girl who seems to have superpowers in some way, <laughs> like mm-hmm. before the nuclear stuff happens. So um, I'm interested to see where that's going for oh, sure. cool. So that's one. And mm-hmm. then um, I noticed that over in Blackstone Audio, um, an audiobook for canic- a canticle for, yeah. how do you say it, Lebowitz? Canticle for Lebowitz, mm-hmm. yeah. It's coming out December 1st. And that's one of those books I've never read and I've always oh. meant to read and so I'm really excited for it to come out. It's going to okay. be read
3: by Tom Weiner too, so that's going to be good. Um, yeah,
2: I listened to the preview and it sounds great.
3: Yeah, it's Great. it's an interesting uh, premise. And I haven't read that one either. It, it has been available as an audiobook before, but uh, it's well out of print.
2: Yeah, and this one's a new a new performance, I think. And it's only 10 and a half hours, so that's it's not bad. It's almost at all.
3: reasonable, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I that like the podcast. Lot. I really like that book. The other like one that that's book. coming December 1st is uh, Destiny's Road by uh, Larry Niven. Um, mm. that's also Blackstone.
2: Oh, yeah, they cool. seem to have a whole set coming out that day. So, <laughs>
3: yep, that's be good, nice. So, if for
2: your if for your holidays you want to purchase something depressing and dark,
0: <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yay! <laughs> Yay! And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. you well,
3: read uh, Destiny's Road because uh, that's Larry Niven. I've not read. I'm surprised. I, I I think I've read most of his stuff that you know he's written
1: alone. I never read that one. Nobody. No. No. Is that in the same universe as like uh, the Protector and Ringworld? I don't think so.
3: Okay. So Um, it says, "Get ready for an adventure on a world from the brilliant imagination of blah blah blah. Wide and smooth, the road was seared into planet Planet Destinies. That's the name of the planet. rocky surface by the fusion drive of the powered landing craft Caverite, which is of course, uh, Caverite is the material that." uh, was invented for a Jules Verne novel, I think it was. Professor Caver. Oh. Um, it's an anti-gravity material. Anyways, um, it's in... Uh, Cam, you should know this. It's in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh. Uh, uh The Caverite deserted the original interstellar colonists, stranding them without hope of contacting Earth. Now, descendants of these pioneers have many questions about the road, but no settler who has gone down it has ever returned. For Jemmy Blucher, a young farm boy, the question burns too hot, and he, yeah, you know, Jemmy, yeah, it's a, it's a guy, uh, and he sets out to uncover many questions on Destiny's Road. So it's a YA.
0: Hmm.
3: <laughs> sounds. It sounds like it could be good.
0: Very cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, next up for me. I've got uh, a collection of books I just put a post up um, on SFF Audio this week about Brilliance Audio doing books from the publisher called Angry Robot. Yeah, Um, The publisher is at angryrobotbooks.com and so far they've published seven titles Um, one's called Reality 36 by Guy Haley uh, Darkness Falling by Peter Crowler Debris by Joe Anderton Triumph By Dan Abnett, Royal by Trent Jamison, Moxieland by Lauren Bukes, and Zoo City by Lauren Bukes. Um, Yeah, there's a really nice uh, blurb on the front of Zoo City. It says, Very, very good, (laughs) William Gibson. (laughs) So I expect it to be very, very good. Um, Yeah,
2: I'm really excited about it. I keep hearing about her and haven't uh had a chance
0: to read her yet. Oh, great. Well, we'll send these your way. So
2: another quote
3: uh, from the guy who wrote Fables, I guess Tam knows who that is, hmm. Bill Willingham. Yeah, It says, in Zoo City, we have an unfamiliar land full of familiars, <laughs> um, a broken city of the near future with damaged wonders. Lauren Bukes is a marksman in a world of drunken machine gunners.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, here's, the, here's the description. Wait. Zinzi December has a sloth on her back, a dirty 419 <laughs> scam habit and a talent for finding lost things. But when a little old lady turns up dead and the cops confiscate her last paycheck, she's forced to take on her least favorite kind of job, missing persons. And that's the whole description. So I like that. Sort of a
3: detective, amateur detective sort
0: of urban
3: fantasy. It's only eight CDs, and it doesn't sound like it's part of a a first in a ten-book series, right? No. (laughs) Right. So...
2: They had her on the um, Writing Excuses podcast talking oh, yeah. about writing other cultures, you know, and how how to do that. So, I mean, she's South African, and I get the sense that, yes, they're urban fantasy, but they're set in South Africa instead of something we're maybe more familiar with. So, it could be an interesting element to it, too.
3: Hmm. It, it it looks pretty good. Uh, the other one that looked pretty good from the Angry Robot uh, series on Brilliance and Angry Robot was uh, the Reality 36. Mm-hmm. Um Got a uh, on the cover, it's got a guy who looks kind of like uh, the iRobot robot robot from (laughs) iRobot,
4: you know, the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's got
3: a white face and and an angry looking robot on the cover, so it's sort of maybe appropriate, yeah, kind of appropriate. But uh, Mm -hmm. this this sounds pretty interesting. It says uh, Richards, uh, level five AI with the PI, uh, the PI fetish.
0: No, I think it's it's PI, yeah.
3: Oh, PI fetish, yeah, that's what I think so, yeah. Uh, and his partner Klein a decommissioned German military cyborg are on the trail of a murderer but the killer has hidden inside a fragment of oh the killer has hidden inside a fragmenting artificial reality richards and klein must stop him before he becomes a god for all of, for all of the realities now what this reminds me of is the isaac asimov um the uh what's that one Under the Dome. Caves of Steel? Caves of Steel, that's it. Mm. Um, But it sounds
1: like they're both, uh, (laughs) instead of one being a human and one being a robot, they're both robots. Or something like it. (laughs) I I actually read the first two chapters in a bookstore just as on on a lark. And what did you find? I mean, I I like the first chapter where they describe the robot, but then in the second chapter, there's like a virtual world, which is not my big thing. And in the virtual world, there's like this robot, there's this bronze lion, so, I don't know. I didn't really understand that at that. Like you like <laughs> virtual worlds when they're a Neuromancer? Um, I guess I like cy- like cyberspace, yeah. but not uh what's walking around worlds. I guess. What's the difference? I, I don't
3: Maybe there is no difference.
1: I guess I, I guess I don't like uh, LARPing or like ah uh, walk- yeah LARPing. I don't know. Larping mm. is fun to do, and it's maybe not so fun to read about. It's my thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Zoo City won the Arthur C. Clarke Award, which is yeah, weird, it isn't it? Mm. Mm. Isn't yeah. Arthur C. Clarke supposed to be for hard SF?
2: For British British science fiction.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think it was nominated for Hugo and Nebula and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is a good good looking collection of books and. You know the uh, and this is
2: their the first time they've done audiobooks, right? Isn't yeah? This? As
1: far as I know, yeah.
2: I think so there are new. We'll see uh, more
1: from them.
0: Yeah, yeah. They have yeah.
1: a theme song too. Angry Robot <laughs> <laughs> by John and Elio from uh, the Metal Nerds Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can put that in the a mm-hmm. Lincoln.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. So,
1: uh, Tim, did you read a Dan Abnett book before? Um, I started uh, Embedded, and I kind of lost interest. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you
3: started that, and I I, uh, I couldn't remember if you had finished it. But um, the other one that's by him is uh, Triumph, with two Fs. Yeah. Um, and that that's interesting, because it's not a science fiction, as far as I can tell. It's maybe a fantasy or swashbuckling. It says, um, it's, uh, I'm looking on the Angry Robot site. Sir Rupert Triumph, adventurer, fighter, drinker, (laughs) savior? Question mark. Uh, Pratchett goes swashbuckling in a hotly anticipated original fiction debut of multi-million-selling Warhammer star. I don't know what that means, but he he writes the Warhammer cover. DK books too. It's it's described as alternate history, wild magic, swashbuckling adventure, and outrageous puns. I, I I like everything except I'm not sure about what's wild magic. Does that mean like you go out in the woods and you find a wild animal and maybe use quail or something to catch <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That m- almost makes sense. Sounds very offbeat. Yeah, it, it actually, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood for sort of, uh, you know, daring do with a, a few puns.
0: Well, here you go. Triumph. <laughs> How long is it? Uh, which one are you looking at? Tri- Triumph Triumph, yeah That's exactly what this is um, It is 8 hours and 43 minutes
3: Yeah, that's not totally unreasonable And it's if
1: it is a series It's the first of a series, right? So
0: uh-huh.
1: it's almost reasonable um, I, almost, I, like that. I, think, I think he intended it as a standalone And then people liked it so much That he's going to write a follow up Well, that's actually That's a lot more interesting now Because whenever it's You know,
3: they intended it as a standalone That's the way I want it to be um, and then you know, Angry Robot seems to be doing a lot of interesting stuff. There, there's there's uh, a Lavi t- Tidar book coming mm-hmm. called The Great Game, which uh, is Mycroft Holmes uh, murdered in London. And then there's uh, it looks like tripods. So cool. Sort of uh, that remixing uh, uh, the old stuff, which mm-hmm. I, I guess I really haven't gotten behind. But I, I'm sort of I'm still open to it, even though uh, I haven't really found anything that. It's
1: blown me away. Yeah. It's it's hard to find stuff that really... that you really, really, like... you have to, like, dig through. Yeah.
3: All right. Jenny, you had in any uh, Angry Robot?
2: No, but I'm... you know, I've been looking through it, so... I think the community itself is really excited for them to be there because they gave them the World Fantasy Award. Oh, really? Yeah, this past year for professional field or something like
3: that the only ones that i've seen in the bookstore uh like the the paper bookstore have been the uh uh, kw jetter books the um morlock knight and infernal devices and i think morlock knight is a sequel to both um the time machine and uh leagues under the sea i'm not sure i I, I, kind of like that idea
2: And I think, you know, they're just two years old, so they need time to really build up to that. But what I really like about what they're doing is, like, for their ebook store, everything's DRM free. There's no territory restrictions. Oh. You know, so they're doing it the right way.
3: This sounds, yeah, this sounds like a pretty cool company.
2: Yeah, like, welcome to the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. -hmm. All right, well, who's up next? Uh <laughs> I think it we is. lost track. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Angry Robot, so it must be Jesse.
3: Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um Well, uh I there's one I wanna talk about, um <laughs> just uh, briefly, but it's it's not a recent arrival, it's a new release. Um that's the second uh book in Richard K. Morgan's uh Land Fit for Heroes series, I guess that's called or Trilogy, whatever it is, it's called the Cold Commands, um, and uh, I I'm kind of tempted to read it because I, I like Steel Remains, uh, but I also I didn't like uh, the sequel, you know the series that he's done. I, I like the first books of his series. I think is the problem. And I just I think if I started listening to this, I'd be disappointed. Uh, but then I read somebody's comment on Audible. And that made me angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to read it just to spite this (laughs) dope. He said,
2: "So that's how we get you to read series." Yeah, basically,
3: (laughs) (laughs) I read books out of spite. Um, He said, "Oops, use the credit on this." He says, "I purchased this book without reading the entire summary, and I found that it is a story of a hero. uh, Should be story. A story of a hero who beds men." Not really what I was looking for in an epic tale. It's
1: Like, dude, your homophobia—it's calling. Go home. I think I, it does have pretty explicit gay sex, right? Just like Steel Remains. It, it, all of his books have explicit sex scenes. <coughs> but you—but they—they used to be hetero. Now they're not. Well, there, there's. I think there's. I think there's both in in this series, but. Uh,
3: I think there's both. I remember okay. the first gay scenes, but I, I, I don't remember. I think there was some hetero scenes as well. But the, the thing
1: is, is it's fiction. It's not you. I don't know. People are stupid. I think as long as I know that going in, they can do what they want. What difference does it make? Unless they're
3: reading it like uh, pornography. I mean, I don't read books. Books for. Books in a pornographic way. I don't. I don't understand people. But um, it's from Tantor again. I. I. I don't know if I uh, found out who the narrator was. I was. I just got really angry when I saw that. The mm-hmm. uh, two
1: remains end on a cliffhanger.
3: Uh no, I don't think it ended on a cliffhanger. But it had sort of. Um, it had a. Uh, it, there was definitely stuff that wasn't fully explored. Um, you know, there's sort of hints that it might not be a fantasy world, it might be a science fiction world, and that sort of thing. Right. Um, Simon Vance is the narrator on this. It's got a good cover. I, I really, uh, I feel compelled to listen to it, but I just don't think it's a good idea.
1: Right. I'd <laughs> look i looks
3: look mixed reviews, but I, I would assume most of those are from, yeah. Uh, oh no, some people just say bad writing, rather than, than uh... Uh, so, that that that's one.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so okay. now that's uh, Tam.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know every, everything else I have is uh, kind of like second tier. I mean, I, the, I was like that's the second tier. <laughs> I mean, I showed you this odd book, uh, "The Adventures of Captain Nothing," <laughs> on Audible.
0: Oh yeah, you sent me that. That that was it's yeah. That weird. It's only, weird.
1: It's only an hour and 19 minutes. I, I don't understand. Uh, is it's it an, an audio drama? What? Is it an audio drama? Oh yeah, nothing to this. That's
3: right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sort of a noir uh, superhero, uh,
1: super villain story. It says it's by Steve Vernon, Nova Scotia's hardest working horror writer. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, I guess it's like another kind of a gritty superhero. Type thing here. I'll put the link in the chat room. Yeah, somebody says uh, it's like having your brain shaken and then put back in your skull. That sounds painful. And it says it's a collection of stories. How can it be a collection of stories if it's only an hour? Uh, maybe this is the first of a collection of stories. Okay, or maybe the the length is actually. But uh, Captain long, uh, uh, Captain Nothing and the title Nothing to Lose it makes it sound like it's a nihilistic story. Yeah, I guess the the trans- Maybe they lost something in the translation, and it like- <laughs> from the ocean. <laughs> yeah, is that a language? Yeah language they have there? English. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's it. The 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 the, the little clip.
3: Yeah, if you listen to the clip, it's uh, it's it's sort of hard-boiled first-person uh, superhero. Sounds. I
1: guess nice. it's like Dark Knight, sort of. <laughs>
3: yeah, except except. Batman just pretends to be a bad guy, whereas I think this guy,
1: the character, is a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see? Did you see that video where Batman tries to find his voice on SF Signal? No, that was really no. funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he, thought, saw... he talks like Al Pacino, and he's like, "No, that's not it."
0: <laughs> I saw one recently where he was beating up the wrong clown. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, there, I think was I saw a, the pro- there was a clown that was arrested the same time as the Joker, but the clown had been drinking a beer at a kid's party or something. So <laughs> they send Batman in there, and Batman thinks think he's the Joker, so he <laughs> treats him kind of roughly.
1: <laughs> Sounds funny.
0: <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> good stuff. All Jenny, right. got any
3: uh, closing ideas?
2: Oh, yeah. I have two more, but they're not related to each other at all. Um, The first is The Folded World by Catherine Valente, which is a Mm -hmm. dirge for Prester Jean, Volume 2. So it's a continuation of what I think will be a trilogy. And it's hard to know how to describe them. Catherine Valente uses so much mythology and legend in her writing. And um, it's about this monk who... Goes off to find something and finds this land where there are people that um, aren't human, and he actually
3: ends up married.
2: Yeah, the Prestor John. Yeah, yeah. so interesting. yeah, and the right. I mean, she, her writing is so beautiful that it's really lovely to hear it read to you. I think, and um, Ralph Lister does a really good job. Um, I don't think I would listen to the Folded World without listening first to the Habitation of the Blessed, um, but the Folded World did just come out recently, so I'd really recommend. Yeah. Well, I just recommend her in general. She's one of my favorite authors. <laughs> what
3: did you think of the first book, the uh, the uh, Dirge for Prester John? Is that the first book?
2: It is. Um, no, well, no, the first one's called Habitation of the Blessed. Habitation this, of the Blessed. The series is called the Dirge for Prester John. Yeah. Right. Um, it was amazing. It. it introduces all these different types of characters like the creatures that have no head and their faces on their stomach and <laughs> and there's just all this really interesting stuff that goes on.
3: Um, yeah, those are uh, all historical uh, myth- myth- they're real mythological things, right? It's yeah, not...
2: they exist she didn't create them, she's yeah. just using them, Exploring them it kind of
3: But it's a it's... different kind of mythology than we normally get which is great.
2: Right, because it's fantasy too it's, yeah. you know, more like the old, you know, mythological stuff. Yeah, but it'd be like the original unicorns
3: and, rather than like right? the ones we see like in cartoons and
2: stuff today. Yeah, and she's a master at making it work and creating an interesting story. So I, I think they're great. Yeah. Um. Do you want me to say my other one that I was going to no, talk go about?
3: Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm just I, I'm I was actually almost compelled to pick this up. It's it's just because it was a series that I was like, yeah, eh, but um, <laughs> well, I I. I, I, I did you do a review of that when you of the first one? Yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah, I haven't finished okay, that. I'll read
3: one. that because I'm kind of uh, uh, maybe maybe I could just read the first one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well, it's just pretend I, there's I,
3: no I, yeah series. pretend there's no series.
2: I feel it's pretty self contained. I'm a little concerned about the second one because it looks like it talks about um, the Crusades, so it's going to have some war stuff in there. I'm not a huge fan of war, but we'll see. I'm going mm. to got
3: a neat neat cover too. Cool. Yeah. She's got one hand over her mouth and one hand over her eye, and and then there's an eye on her hand and an eye on her uh, mouth on her hand.
2: Yeah, and probably that's because she doesn't really have a head. But <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, Trippy. yeah. Cool. Um, the second one is completely different. Called um, the Minotaur takes a cigarette break. I saw it. It's one of the ones that um, that Neil Gaiman is doing a a group of books for Audible where he selects them and hires the narrator and everything. Um, I haven't listened to the audio, but I've read the book itself and it's a little different. You know, it's one of those um, mythological creatures in modern society kind of ideas. The first line of the book is the Minotaur sits on an empty pickle bucket, blowing smoke through bullish nostrils. (laughs) (laughs) And um, there's this character M who might be the eternal Minotaur, the immortal Minotaur. Um, He's really good at repairing cars, and to make a living, he works in restaurants.
3: Probably Ford Taurus is—he's probably really good with those.
2: Yeah, and you know (laughs) he tries to do normal people things like go on dates, and (laughs) it's—it's a really interesting story. It's just kind of quirky.
1: Is he popular with the ladies?
2: Oh no, he's you know not very successful, but he tries. (laughs) So it's it's
1: like a regular book, like a regular
3: novel about a character, a guy who works in a garage, except he's a minotaur.
1: I think that's good.
2: And (laughs) he's lonely. (laughs) um, It
1: kind of sounds like American gods. Yeah. Like uh, gods in modern society.
2: Kind of, yeah. Yeah,
1: But he's alone, right? He's a loner. Yeah.
2: Um, What I really liked about it, though, is that it's very realistic when it gets to the restaurant world. So I have a feeling that Stephen Sherrill probably worked in restaurants at some point in his life because, um, I don't know, I just thought it was really, really well written.
1: Because you've worked in restaurants, too.
2: Yeah, I have. So I gave it an extra star in my review just because it was so accurate that way.
3: Hmm. Not sure about the cover uh, for the Audible audiobook. I think it's
2: yeah, not. it's a terrible cover. It's the like print-
3: a slice of meat or something. And it's <laughs> clear.
2: The print cover is a little more cartoony. Oh yeah, like, yeah.
3: And you, it's actually the first line of the book too. It's a it's a minotaur sitting on a pickle barrel smoking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's pretty funny. Um, there there's one more that I thought I would just mention in passing, um, because it just came out uh, a few weeks ago is the audio book from Brilliance Audio of All Clear by Connie Willis, which of course won mm. half of the Hugo this year, so mm. it's worth a mention. It I imagine the audio would be a good way to listen to it just because it's a pretty fast paced book. So cool. It's twenty four hours, but
1: mm-hmm. and that's that's a two volume, it's a
2: duology. Right. I imagine Blackout came out before then because it it was out longer than All Clear was. Mm -hmm. But if you want to finish up that duo, then it looks Mm. like you can now. (laughs) Cool. All
0: right. And um, yeah, one of the ones that I wanted to talk about was also a Neil Gaiman Presents book because it's been on my to-read list forever, but I just never have read it. And it's called Pavane by Keith Roberts. And um, sounds familiar. It, yeah, it's a it's a pretty well-known book, um but I've just never got it read. When I saw it on this list, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to read that." Um the description it says, "Considered Keith Roberts' masterwork, the novel consists of linked short stories, Six Measures and a Coda, of a 20th century in which the Roman Catholic Church controls the western world and has done so since Queen Elizabeth of England was assassinated in 1588." The Protestant Reformation never happened, and the world is kept in a dark age of steam powered transportation with no allowance for electrical power by a tyrannical Rome. Pavane shows the harshness of life in this society and details a generational struggle for independence by the city, citizens of Dorset, England. It is through this series of moving tales that Roberts interweaves a discussion of destiny and history that take the book out of the ordinary. And I think
3: this is uh, sounding really awesome, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, hmm. um, and it's I mean, a
3: fix-up. It's from uh, it, so it's originally a series of collection, a short stories, I think.
0: Yeah, According that's to what Wikipedia. it says. It says that yeah, it consists of linked short stories, six measures in mm-hmm. a coda, is what it says.
3: Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't like um, it wasn't uh, written as a bunch of short stories uh, in a novel form. It was here's a story published. Here's mm-hmm. a story. He just he had a world and mm-hmm. he was writing about them, and then he put it together into a novel.
1: I think those are often work well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They call that a fix-up novel? They call that a fix-up. Like uh, Accelerando by Charles Strauss? I think that's the same thing. I'm um, not sure that is a novel. Is it? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bunch of stories related by singularity. Uh, well, collected into one. Yeah, book. but uh, yeah, it could be. I haven't read Accelerando.
3: It's the same idea. I've only read stories from it. Right.
0: one is a uh, Yaga by
3: um Yaga is a fiction
0: by yeah uh, Mike Resnick
3: um also uh the, one of the most famous ones is um uh Voyage of the Space Beagle that's an a e van Vaught book um, and that one's famous because one one of the chapters or one of the stories was called Black Destroyer and that's the one that basically inspired alien mm-hmm. oh really yeah. It's, uh, it's the story's not super awesome but it's pretty interesting especially when you you compare it i mean it's kind of pulpy but it's got it's got basically the alien from aliens in it you know it That's is one of my favorite movies uh it, it's very interesting to read because it is it's and then so the other the other stories in that collection or that novel are um not quite as interesting but Fix ups can be very cool. I'm a big fan of them, mm, and I cool. think that might actually be the most interesting. That might even be more interesting than Immortality Ink, Scott. I, I I didn't pick that up. How come? Maybe it's got a really boring cover as well.
0: Well, it's it's not a terribly exciting cover.
3: <laughs> so you, you thought it
1: was religious, so you ignored like, it.
3: Yeah. No, I, I just I I didn't think about it. I, I saw it on the list, and I didn't think because I don't know who Keith Roberts is.
0: Yeah, I, I remember reading something about Keith Roberts. I don't know why it came up. You know, it was, it was a few months ago. It's in the. But SF he was talking about how collection. he's known as the author of Pavane, and that's like going to be on his uh, on his gravestone. Mm-hmm. It's like his most popular book, and nobody knows anything else that he's written. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, I don't think the book yeah. is in print and
0: there's, uh, there's one more of the Neil Gaiman that looks really interesting to me, and it's called Light by M. John Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I, I was considering putting that on my list.
0: I,
1: I've been listening to it.
0: Oh, how is it?
1: Um, it's very unpleasant. Oh, really? I mean, there's three <laughs> characters. Okay, there's three <laughs> characters: once in the present, two are in the future. The one in the present masturbates all the time and is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's this girl in the future that's like uh, linked cybernetically to her ship. I just got to this part where she just kills everybody on her ship. So I'm like. Why do I want to follow this?
0: <laughs> wow!
1: So uh-huh. torture porn. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess M. John Harrison is very new wave, so he's pushing the boundaries of uh, unlikable characters. I guess, like just like like, like *Neuromancer*, but like ten times that. Like, if you thought the characters in *Neuromancer* were unlikable, this is like ten times even more. I don't know why Neil Gaiman says it's like his favorite book in the last ten <laughs> years. <laughs> Maybe he just really hates everything else. <laughs>
0: he says uh, Neil Gaiman says, part of the delight of a novel like this, for science fiction fans or just for people who like good books, is watching the department of science fiction known as space opera be polished up, dusted off, and reinvented for the future.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, changed up from traditional space opera. But mm-hmm. uh, the end result is, is, is kind of hard to take. I mean, I think that guy that didn't like the gay sex and... The uh, Richard Morgan book isn't going to like this either.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not enough women masturbating. So, so, so if, if, you're li- if you're listening out there, you probably don't like this. This is... Um, <laughs> this is
0: uh, oh, it's got mean, an interesting, it interesting be, collection uh, of reviews uh, under there. I've got a two-star review, another two-star <laughs> review, a three-star review. They say aimless, disappointed, and maybe it's just me. And then there's a five-star review that's uh, titled Utterly Brilliant.
1: An acquired taste.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, interesting.
1: I guess it's like uh, strong whiskey or something. Mm. You have to see if uh, it's a type of book that you like.
0: Yeah. Oh, and Stephen King's new book came out, and it's listed in science fiction too 112263. Really yeah, I'm looking at some reviews there. and they're, Yeah, I'll get that one read sometime.
1: Is that like if Kennedy lived the assassination? Is that the story?
2: Yeah, or, it's or like an alternate wrong. history. Mm hmm.
1: Like someone's trying to prevent his uh, assassination. It's 52 bucks, though. It's pretty expensive. And it's 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, io9
3: calls uh, Pavane alternate history's lost masterpiece. Wow. Sign me up. I, I, I'm i not ready to say read-along yet, but it mm-hmm. uh, could be a good story. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> hey, I want in on... Yeah, I'll right. let Thanks, Scott. You can go on his podcast. Scott, Scott, you're gonna start on this.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna read that. Um, okay. Yeah. If I'm it
3: if it starts to get good, let
1: me know because okay. That might, right
0: might now, I'm doing the it. short SF novels, and maybe okay. I'll do Pivane next.
1: Yeah, that Baxter story is really good.
0: Cool, but
1: that's part of his X E E L E E universe. Uh
0: huh. Zeli. Zeli. Like he has a
1: whole bunch of novels set in that too. Like. I have one called Ring, which I think is the last one, Mm -hmm. and uh, I should finish that because that's this cool woman that can dive into the sun and explore the sun.
0: Yeah, Stephen Baxter is somebody I'd like to see more audio of because his novels look really interesting to me and that, you know, my kind of stuff, but there just isn't a lot on Um, – didn't they do Flood Flood and things like that? Aren't those on audio? Yeah, but –
1: but those are like more mainstream they're like natural disaster uh-huh. he used to do these really wild hard sf books
0: yeah i've read um
1: they're not on any audio
0: he had a trilogy troyo- audio- of books yeah. called uh one was time one was um i can't remember what they were but anyway i read the first one of those and i really liked it but i haven't read a, heck based- of a lot of baxter other than short stories
1: i think those are based on the fermi paradox uh-huh they're trying to explain why we aliens haven't contacted us yet. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think he gives three different explanations in three different novels.
0: Oh, uh, cool.
1: Like, I think one of them, the universe is so dangerous that aliens can't survive enough to reach us. And he has, like, three explanations like that.
0: Uh-huh, cool. So, yeah, I, I'd enjoy those. And Ring is a book I'd like to read. I've heard that that's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Actually, I have that sitting in my car. I should just finish it.
0: <laughs> cool. Hmm.
1: There's a... I remember a... um Description from the back of a
3: paper book I've got somewhere around here, uh, but it was uh, just a really interesting sort of thing. Ex- explanation why why uh, we don't see aliens, um, and the you know the, they're not visiting Earth. And it said interstellar distances are God's quarantine regulations. Mm-hmm. Each planet has to, each solar system has to be separated by interstellar distances, lest they, um,
1: you know. Uh, Infect each other. Maybe in the beginning we were fighting too much, so God like split us apart. That's it. Go to your rooms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everybody out of the pool. Yep. yep. <laughs> bit-
3: yeah, Allja called- called- calls uh, Pavane uh, a tapestry of a book. Marvelous storytelling. Hmm. Very interesting. Very
0: interesting.
3: I'm I'm glad you picked that up because uh, I wouldn't have noticed that
0: one. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I've got here.
1: Me too. Good mm-hmm. stack. Yep.
0: Yeah. Lots of really great stuff coming out. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Lots of Christmas shopping to do. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've, um, you know, with my audio books, well, I've I've switched to digital pretty much completely as far as. Uh, books and audiobooks but audiobooks especially digital is just the perfect way for those things to be delivered mhm so if i was buying a gift for somebody i would uh you know get them an audible subscription or something
3: right or go to tantor they've got uh yeah, more exactly 1,300
1: titles available yeah buy some all, uh, all drm free like angry robots uh ebooks hero. I think Audible is having their semi-annual sale right now. I keep seeing semi-annual sale on a lot of the <laughs> picks. That's cool. I think, you, I think Blackstone just started
3: a sale as well. Uh, I haven't looked at it yet, but I remember seeing their uh, their email, and that that looked like yeah, $5 for almost everything. It looked really $5. Let me see if I can bring that up.
2: I like it better when they give you sales for like... Three for two credits because if you're a subscriber, the sales don't mean anything. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh. yeah, true. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, okay, so it says Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I have no idea what those things are. What What are those guys?
2: The day after Thanksgiving here, so next Friday.
3: Next Friday, and uh, so Black Friday is what?
0: The Friday. Uh, it's just a big sell. Uh, people go shopping. They have to- People go shopping and I stay home.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's crazy. So that's so, the 26. Um, you know the pictures Jesse. you see of people uh, outside of Target saying, open, open, open. And then okay. the, the people fight over like a uh, stuffed animal or something. Or a S- Elmo. Sauce. A Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> right. They fight over they the do. Tickle Me Elmo. That's Black
3: uh-huh. Friday. Well, they're going to have 200 titles starting at $5.
2: Cool. So... For your, for you Canadians, that's November 26th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Since guys had Thanksgiving, had Thanksgiving oh, last it says, month. Uh,
3: starts uh, yeah. November 23rd. Pricing limited oh, stock on hand.
2: Right, right. So they're starting
0: early. And then Cyber Monday is the Monday after Thanksgiving. And why that's a big cyber shopping day, I really don't know. Everybody didn't All get what they wanted on Friday <laughs> and they go online. I just go okay. straight online. I
3: think it started. Yeah. Uh, it sort of like now it's every day Boxing Day. <clears> We've had Boxing Day as a, as, you know, the day after Christmas, as sort of the big sale day of the year
4: for mm-hmm.
3: since the '80s or earlier. Um, I, I, I remember one year I lined up for a laserdisc player, <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you how old it was. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and I think I think isn't this uh, Black Friday thing is is relatively recent, like the last ten years or so
2: no cuz i remember when i was a kid my parents would go on fridays after thanksgiving
3: oh really mm-hmm.
0: hmm. yeah they when would buy i was socks. growing up my my parents would go and yeah my sister so interesting yeah it was usually early in the morning on friday but now it's like midnight or yeah i saw a news story the other day where um employees of target were complaining that they were being asked to come in at 11 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day so that they could uh, open. Yeah,
2: just to get ready.
0: Yeah.
3: Did you uh, guys see um, Sarah Vowell on The Daily Show the other day?
0: No, but I love Sarah Vowell.
3: You will love this. This was one mm-hmm. of the best things I've ever seen her do. I'm not a big fan of her. I, uh-huh. I think I probably would be if I had read any of her books. But uh, uh, she she did a, uh, a segment on something called evacuation day um no oh, i saw that did you see that i thought yeah, that, that was fine um but also she makes a, like a really compelling case basically saying how we shouldn't be celebrating thanksgiving because it's about a, a bunch of wacko uh, puritans um you know coming to uh, north america and hooray uh whereas there's a special day called evacuation day the the day the british left uh British left New York, and how there was a massive ordeal uh, caused by uh, their occupation. Um, Eleven thousand Americans died in prison in New York harbors. And It's like wow, it's a really compelling case she makes, and it's like yeah, you know what? I think Evacuation Day makes
1: more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can pick a different name though. <laughs> well, it was for the, it something. Else. It, it, it was it, that's uh, how they played it for.
3: Yeah, they played it for fun. Humor. hmm. Modi's and Snowcratch, says Jenny. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> it's just some of the books that are on sale at Audible. Oh! It was okay. in response to what Tamahomi <laughs> said.
1: Yeah, I listed all the Audible Frontiers titles, and a lot of them are on sale.
2: Yeah, there's some great stuff. Wind Up Girl on yeah. too.
1: Mountain on there God's Eye. Who's the publisher on
3: that? Is that, yeah, that's, uh, oh, these are all Audible Frontiers. Okay. Yeah.
4: Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm.
0: yeah Snow Crash was originally a uh, Warner. I wonder if uh, Audible bought it. Or they read the
1: uh, it?
3: I'll take answer. I think, I think they just did Snow it Snow Crash is
0: it. a terrific... Snow Crash and The Diamond Age are terrific audiobooks. Um, Snow Crash is read by Jonathan Davis, and um, The Diamond Age is read by Jenny Sterling. Loved them both. They were terrific.
3: Lucifer Hammer's on sale. That might
1: be... I think Jenny, Jenny likes like Snow Crash. Star.
2: I do. I've never heard the audio, though. Maybe it's time.
1: Really, really good. Really good. Scott,
3: you know, I can't believe we didn't mention this The Fountains of Paradise.
0: Oh, yeah. It's been out a long time. Um, It it, just came out uh, in hard copy. Yeah. But it's been available on Audible for a long time.
1: Yeah, but uh, But, I've 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 never read that book. Oh, cool. That was on my list, actually, under like second or third tier. I I somehow forgot about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've got it here The Fountains of Paradise.
1: We ordered this
3: title ship. Or November twenty second, so we got it a little bit early.
0: Uh huh. Yep.
3: Um. It was. Is it, it got the cover from the, uh, this like <coughs> castle in the background? Yeah, it's and, a
0: purplish tone to it. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: So I think that's the cover from the uh, uh, SF Masterworks. Cool. I, I wonder if that means they're going to do the SF Masterworks.
0: I doubt it. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I. That would be just I unbelievably great, but. Yeah.
3: Because Pavane is in that uh, SF Masterworks. Oh, is it? But that's not uh, Brilliance, so
0: mm-hmm.
3: mind you, it's on Audible. I well, they're
0: know. all they're all owned by the same folks, I think. Yeah, Brilliance and Audible yeah, are both owned way, uh, by uh, Amazon. Neil
3: Gaiman brought it out. It probably isn't. It's not a good sign towards them doing the SF mm-hmm. Masterworks. Although, you know, we can probably make a list. There, Scott, a list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, what is Jenny Jenny
0: also loves a good list. Right. You yeah. know what I was playing with the other day? I said, what if uh I go back to like 1951 and then every year try to read some. So in 2012 it'd be 1952. I don't know why I picked the hmm. 50s, but I was starting to make a list. I don't know if I'll follow through with that or not.
1: You know, she just used Joe Walton's uh Hugo
0: Blogs. Yeah, her Hugo she, blog, right. She
1: covers books that were missed by the awards, too.
0: Yeah. So I could go like back to, to my there. high school years and start with uh, 2012 equals 1982, and then I mean, go the, three, four. I graduated you, in 86.
3: The books you missed?
0: Well, yeah, I missed a lot. Yeah.
3: Um. Well, let's. Uh, if you look at the SF Masterworks list, I think this is a pretty amazing list. It sure is. I mean, yeah, that is awesome It's awesome list. All, Where, and where's I'm, that list? I just sent it uh, to you. Oh, oh, oh. SF, uh, sorry, Wikipedia. And um, so the first book on the list, The Forever War. That's a great book. Mm -hmm. Is this just made up by Wikipedia? I just sent it to you, so it's in the chat window. It's just a list that
1: Wikipedia made
3: up? No, no, no. It's a book series. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's It's Golan's, yeah. Yeah. You probably don't see them.
0: Yeah, we don't see see them in our bookstores.
1: Oh, those are the books that we can't buy?
0: No, you we can buy, can buy those. It. We can buy those from England. It's just that they're not for sale in uh Yeah, and why why is it that I can go to Amazon UK and buy a British book and have because a mail are, it to me are, but I can't buy an e book.
3: Because the publisher doesn't have the rights, but the but the uh the retailer will happily sell it to anybody.
4: Huh.
2: Yeah, and I think you have to pay an import fee. Like if I buy something like that from Powell's, mm-hmm. I have to pay like a seven dollar import fee but i can't do it with the ebook just with a print book well wow. huh. yeah they mm. should have a ridiculous import
3: yeah. let's look at this list let's look at this list because i i, I want to know if any of these are on audio that i don't know about forever war great book i am legend great book cities in flight i've never read that but i hear it's good by james blish mm-hmm. do androids dream of electric sheep that's on a potential read-along list right yeah the Stars Destination, we've already done, and that is actually on a list I just made, mm-hmm. I think, uh, yep. for Bester novel. Babel, 17, never read that. I don't think there's any Delaney books on audio. I think you're right. Uh, Lord of Light uh, is available as an audiobook uh, from a long time ago. I don't know if it still is. Um, that, that'd that be cool. I, I heard uh, um, Luke's review of that, and it sounded great. Hmm. The Fifth Head of Cerberus. Have you read that, Scott? Oh, I Gene. love
0: that book. That is uh, one of Gene Wolfe's best.
3: Sounds good. Is it's that a, than, it's done? It's, uh, a, it's, it's a on? fix.
0: You could, I, I wouldn't call it a fix-up novel. It's three stories, three novella-length stories that are all related, but they're re- related in not obvious ways. So when you you read it, you know Gene Wolfe is really subtle and. Uh, you know, you read it and it's, it's kind of like, hmm, you know, how are they related? And then you, you kind of start to figure it out.
3: There's, uh, Gateway, I've read that, and, uh, although Robert J. Sawyer says it's the greatest book ever, I think it's a very good book. uh uh-huh. Uh, Rediscovery of Man by Cordwainer-Smith. There's no Cordwainer-Smith on audio. No. Last and First Men by Olaf Stapleton. Um...
0: That would make a difficult video or a difficult audio. <laughs> I hear I
3: hear it's sort of heavy.
0: Heavy it is, reading. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, Earth Abides, one of the best books I've ever read. Uh, mm. we did a show on that. Martian Time Slip. Now that that's actually Philip K Dick's personal favorite of his novels, I believe. And mm. uh I've I've done a review of that book and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's uh it's about a schizophrenic <clears throat> boy on Mars. Uh
1: the demolished man again. Yeah, how can you make list, that this list. this list is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a good demolished
1: list. Demolished man is like a lot of typography. I don't know how you can make that an audiobook. It works. I've heard it. Know, it. does. Oh you've heard wait. it.
2: Wait. Jesse, what you should do is just edit the Wikipedia entry and add a column for audiobook links. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs>
3: um I think we should do that. We yeah. should do that.
2: Well we. hey, it's a list. <laughs> <laughs>
3: a scanner Stand that's on this list i've read that and it is uh heavy and depressing and good
2: i'd love to hear it on audio
3: it's available it's, is uh, it yep yeah. it's um yeah. i think it's read by um oh who's that great actor ah, uh, philip k Dick style actor <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Blood Money's on this list. Another Philip K. Dick. Oh, actually, you know, just look at it's almost all the Philip K. Dick books are on. J. Ballard. Yeah. Jenny just read J.G. Ballard. This is on here. You know what? This is actually. Scott, I'm starting to like lists. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this this list. Come Let's to the dark
4: side. <laughs> um,
0: I can't wait to follow uh, Jenny's list of uh, Around the World. What did you call that one?
2: Yeah, around the world.
0: Just around the In world? In 52 books. In 52
2: books. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And making the list was the most fun part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and collecting the books.
2: Yes, and collecting oh, the Also the,
0: books. the fun, fun part, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm following that. That'll be fun to follow. And that's on your Reading Envy blog, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just well, cool. you, re- you must be one I of my nine followers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna review them in the language that they're written? Uh,
2: no. No, but I'm thinking about creating a website for it and like having a around the world baked goods.
0: Ooh, how cool is that?
2: <laughs> and I have another another reader who wants to do the wines. Oh, <laughs> so neat. might it might get really interesting. That
0: is way cool.
3: Antarctic and wines, yum yum.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you find one from Antarctica?
3: Uh, no.
0: Has there been a novel written in Antarctica?
3: No, I was um, thinking Ar- Antarctica. Kim Stanley Robinson wine. Yeah, there, yeah there's, there's one there's
0: about Antarctica. Did he that, write it in Antarctica?
3: I don't know. Probably there's an to,
2: one, I would bad I had about. to break my rules for that, because you know I'm trying to read stuff that's by authors who live or were born in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that one, it's like an ethnographist or... Uh. Some kind of anthropologist. I can't remember which one, but cool. I did find one.
0: Hey, yeah, great. Very nice.
2: And I'm trying to read a, a bit of science fiction when possible, but of course, not all of it's set in a country. <laughs>
1: uh huh. Yeah. Do you have any Joe Nesbo with the line in the O?
2: Um, no, but I have Joe Walton. I'm trying her for Wales. Oh, okay. Oh, and she's then, not from. No, she's born in Wales, and, and among others, is set in Wales, so that'll work. And then, oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah.
0: That's yep. cool. Very cool.
2: Lauren, Lauren Bukes for South Africa. You know, <laughs> when I can.
0: This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.